0: great conversation with Michael Massey from our recent live stream. We get into some really valuable practical insights about how you can identify and integrate your shadows and why you would even want to do that in the first place. I share an example from my own journey about when I've been required to see parts of my psyche that I'd rather not own. So there's a lot of really great insight and content in here. And we'll dive right in just as soon as I make a quick mention about my website. Be sure to check out caragoodwin.com for all of my resources to help you to connect to a higher version of yourself. I'm getting so much enjoyment in creating personal energy transmissions. These are recorded meditations that are uniquely designed for each person based on what they're wanting to work on in their specific life. And I say they're meditations, but they're truly a transfer of energy wrapped up in an audio guided meditation. These are being used for recovery from surgery, increasing intuition, overcoming PTSD, and and many other things. Those are just some examples. These are really valuable resources that are uniquely designed for you. And they make really thoughtful gifts if you know somebody who could use some extra support right now. So be sure to check it out at Karagoodwin.com. And now enjoy this episode. My name is Kara Goodwin, and I'm the host of the Meditation Conversation podcast. We are streaming this webinar with Michael Massey. We're streaming it for the Conscious Awakening Network. So hello to those of you who have registered, who are joining via the Zoom And also to those who are streaming this through the Conscious Awakening Network, either on the app, online through the Conscious Awakening Network or through Amazon Fire, Roku, all the many ways that you're able to access this live through the Conscious Awakening Network, it is a joy to be with you here today. If you'd like to join us live in the future so that we can see you and interact with you and answer your questions. Be sure you register. I do these every month, every third Tuesday for the Conscious Awakening Network, and you can register on my website at karagoodwin.com. Just go to the live stream events there. So today I'd like to welcome Michael Massey. Michael is a friend of the Meditation Conversation. He's been on, I think, roughly about 175 times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not that many. I think I'm the number one guest, though.
0: Yes, you do have the most recordings, for sure, by a long shot. Michael has been featured in our Modern Mysticism with Michael segment, so, if you go to the meditation you can search for Michael Massey or modern mysticism, and you'll see all of his contributions. But Michael is also my friend, my mentor. He's helped me quite a bit. He is a shaman, he's an engineer turned shaman. So, he has a very strong engineering background. And so, he has that perspective to. Energy. So that's really helpful for me as I have learned and and experienced things energetically. That perspective has helped so much to have that kind of 3D engineering mind. And how does that fit in with more of the 5D and beyond experiences? So without further ado, welcome, Michael. So happy to be collaborating with you here again today.
1: Thank you, Kara great to be back feels like it's been a millennium and uh, yes it's it's really wonderful to be here on the show and and to catch up with you as we head into this final quarter of 2023
0: no kidding and so it i'll just mention i'm here in indianapolis indiana in america Michael has, he has been in Indiana for about three years, almost three years, but he recently relocated to Washington with on not Washington, DC, but Washington state, which is on the West coast. And soon he will, I think in what, like three weeks, he'll be going to Sedona. I'm on my way to Sedona tomorrow morning. I'll be spending the equinox in Sedona But yes, we're in a very powerful window, the Equinox window. So that's just an added bonus. That's a coincidence. We didn't even plan for you to be here doing this webinar specifically for the Equinox. But that's just a happy synchronicity.
1: Indeed. And it's shaping up to be a a pretty potent and powerful portal or gateway. If anyone else is feeling that yet, but I certainly am. And so... You know, good luck, Godspeed to everybody as we go through this next stage.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I concur. It is very, very powerful in many ways in my world as well. So we wanted to focus at least part of this webinar. Maybe it will turn into more of a specific, you know, Equinox energy discussion at some point. But I know that, Michael, the last time you and I talked, we were starting to touch on some things that feel like they want to be completed with a discussion on shadow work and the importance of embracing and integrating our shadows. And so that's what we wanted to make sure that we focused on today. And the reason for that is really based on some of your own personal experiences as this became a focus for you in your own development, your own spiritual progress. And it seemed like it was this really important key that opened other things up for you. And so we want to share that because it very well could be the same for other people, that it's this thing that's not been getting attention because it's not really like a fun thing to focus on. But before we get too far into that, can you just share what you even mean by shadow work. And I want to clarify this because I had somebody email me yesterday and they were like, wait, are you advocating interaction with shadows? And so, and I was like, oh, interesting. That was the interpretation because, you know, it's like this light dark. And so are you like suggesting that people go to the dark side? So please Michael share some clarification on this.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I'm smiling a little a little bit because it's it is a pretty common misconception, and if you come across it so frequently in literature about you know about reaching that point or that period of doing shadow work, and that certainly doesn't sound fun and Now, uh, just to segue right into it a bit of the context overall and we've returned to this now for several years about the overall building energetics of this increasing amplification um, of the energies here on the planet this is part of the reason why it's really forcing this shadow work moment to come to the surface so whether we like it or not right now there's shadow work being done and so what we want to do is just bring some understanding to what this actually entails. And, and to your kind of initial question here, Kara, when we talk about the shadow, we're not talking about evil. And and this is where I think people get hung up is they're like, Oh, integrate my evil side. What how do I do that? It does that sounds dangerous. And what if I become that? Or and that's the the limited understanding, obviously, or an incorrect understanding of what we mean by shadow. And to go back to shadow, and the real pioneer in this work was Carl Jung, who what eighty years ago or something like that was his put together the most, you know. the the real pioneering work on the psyche and the shadow. And what we're talking about here in terms of the shadow is that which is we're unawares of or unconscious of. So if we were looking at above the surface, we have that which we're conscious of. And then below the surface, we have that which we're not conscious of. So when we're talking about shadow work, we're really talking about is the increasing awareness or the embracing of all those aspects of self of ourself that we have that for one reason or another are suppressed into the subconscious now it's important to understand that these may be positive or negative traits or aspects of ourselves so something can be hidden in the subconscious and it can be positive or negative and in the case of uh, the negative, that's an aspect of self, uh, of the monster, so to speak, of our personality that lies dormant and then comes out. That's the rage monster, so to speak. And then, but we can have un- in the subconscious as well, we can have hidden talents and abilities and things about ourselves that we just simply didn't know that are amazing. And so, the journey to actually do the shadow work is about like lowering that level of the surface is to unpack uh, what has been in the subconscious in order to reveal. And when we do that, then we get both positive and negative comes out. But one thing we do discover these hidden talents that we and these hidden gems. And then it also, this is the, the part that everybody's scared of and that's the revealing of those more monstrous aspects of ourselves that are there. They're the things that get triggered and we lash out at. But as those come to the surface and we become aware of them, then there's the opportunity actually for them to integrate into the rest of the personality self um, and no longer actually be um, as problematic I'll
0: pause. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for the clarification. I wonder too, what you think about another type of kind of positive shadow that we might have, which is that the uh, unwillingness to step into ourselves, which would be like a gifts thing, but it might be even more subtle where we're continuously like, we can't take a compliment, for example, where it's like, wow, you know, you really articulated that well or something when it's like, well, no, you just really understood it. But it's this constant deflection of receiving what we are displaying and that others are highlighting. And it's this resistance to really own, you know, I don't know. I see that a lot. And I have been like that a lot as well. I don't know if that fits in, but that's another thing that came to mind
1: yeah that's one of those things that that typically falls under the camp of being of humility but it's it can be a a false humility or it's a it's a carryover that happens to be one of those programs that puts in at some point as a check against the ego getting too self-absorbed
0: Mm. Yeah,. No.
1: so you're going to compliment my shirt. Oh, that's a nice Well, you say, "Hey, I love your shirt," and then I'm going to go, "Oh, your shirt's better
0: mm-hmm.
1: to deflect or reflect." And mm-hmm. uh and, and this is one way that, yeah, it might have been a program once upon a time that this was there so that the ego didn't, didn't get too full of itself but then it can grow or it can just become an, a block or an obstacle from actually sincerely being able to receive from others and i know that I'm, i i know there's many times I've, i want to drop somebody a compliment what i'm doing is doing an acknowledgement of something that is in that one of the, the quadrant where so it, this does relate. So we're, we'd be talking about what you might call a hidden talent or a hidden gem. You're wanting to offer somebody a mirror reflection so that they can see that they are, wow, well, they're more gracious than they seem to be aware of. And it's amazing how much resistance can get them put up towards offering that reflection. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. generally
1: what happens is it's because that's an attribute that's that's in their subconscious that they do not yet want to bring into their awareness. So that would be something that's in their shadow. Mm.
0: We talk yeah. about the quadrants. Can you build that out a little bit more for us?
1: Uh, yeah. So as an engineer, I love my two by two matrices. It takes me back to genetics and all that fun stuff. And now what you end up having so if you have a positive and then if you look at positive traits and negative traits then you would have say positive traits on one side negative traits on this other side and so those we have two upper quadrants that are above the surface so you have positive and negative and then you have below which is you're unawares of or in your shadow then you have a positive and negative. So we talked about those two. So, so this produces a two by two matrix. So we have the things that we are strengths that we are aware of. Okay. That's a, that would be in this upper quadrant here. Okay. The, our weaknesses in this quadrant over here, these are weaknesses that we're aware of. We might be working on. And then down in this quadrant, we have our hidden talents or abilities that we're unawares of. And then we have our native dark side attributes over here that we're unaware of. So that produces our four quadrants. Now we're talking the, the case that you mentioned, you could see is a quadrant is this quadrant down over here. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, yes. In, and it, it's funny in business analytics when you're producing a business plan, there's something that's called a SWOT analysis. S W O T, and it, and it's interesting the way that you evaluate a company or a market opportunity. You look know, at the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats. And this ends up mapping our human personality psyche because you have your strengths. Your weaknesses, your opportunities, which is your hidden talents, and then your threats. those are the dark monsters and demons and skeletons and stuff that can get in the way.
0: Mm, yeah, I love that,
1: yeah. And the whole purpose, really care of us having this conversation, is to is that we, as a people the ego it, is like terrified of this self-discovery type process and it, it it this so doesn't need to be and this can be as innocuous this process of like self-examination and looking into the shadow of this curiosity of self-discovery of just hey how do i look so it's not like a statement necessarily of who we are but you know, hey, when we get, if we get dressed for a big party or something like that, you want to go to your partner and give you a little twirl, how do I look? Do I have any toilet paper stuck in my zipper? And this is what we're really doing with this shadow work is we're allowing ourselves just to be seen, to get feedback so that we know, so that we can change or make an adjustment if necessary. And we can completely depersonalize this highly personal process.
0: Mm. That's beautiful. There's a lot of opportunity there, as you mentioned. So can we go to how have you used this in the last few months and what has the result been?
1: one of the things is I did is I did make a like a, a bit of an announcement to my into my inner circle if you will and where I did an open up invi- oh, an invitation to say hey look if there's anything that anyone has been biting their tongue about telling me oh I would really like to share but this but I don't know how he'll take it or something like that I'm like please, I gave everybody a free pass, And so that's one of the, an actual practical thing that I did with my, in my interactions is I just opened the door and I said, Hey, look, you know, if anybody, if you spot anything that is a blind spot to me, then please let me know. So it began with me in terms of a willingness to undergo this process. And I feel like it, At least personally, I'd crossed a certain threshold where the prospect of just becoming aware of myself wholly and completely is so exciting that it that supersedes any fear or trepidation I might have in terms of what may surface. And so that's at least the, the point that I've threshold that I've crossed over in my own journey. And not everybody may be maybe there yet, and that's okay, but we can always start with at least with a trusted relationship you, you find somebody and then literally ask them to specifically be that mirror to reflect to enable you to see yourself better and if you approach it that way, we approach it this way with each other, then it becomes a much more a much safer process and we don't feel so much like we're being judged.
0: Yeah. So how did that go for you?
1: Uh, it's, been, it's been incredible. Okay. And it, this offers a bit of a segue into a very tangible benefit and what is really transpired is that the more. I've been willing to look at these various different things and this included, this includes what happens is that we, the places we don't want to look are the ones that are places that are painful. And that's generally how stuff will tends to get buried within the subconscious is because there's pain associated with it. And now using the three keys that we've talked about in other things of forgiveness, patience, and gratitude. And I return to those all the time in order to stabilize my, my own energy system and recenter myself. But in this case, forgiveness is going to be the really the biggie here when you're doing shadow work. Now, we can certainly, when we pop out something unknown that's positive that comes into our awareness, that's awesome. But when there's something that's negative that comes into our awareness, oh, I've been doing that the whole time. You know, this is a wonderful little moment like where we have some kind of thing that we've been doing. We haven't been aware of it. All of a sudden, we become aware of it. Now, what is our response to that? It's very important that we have forgiveness at the ready because otherwise you're like, oh, I've been, oh, my goodness, I've been hurting the one that I love all these years and I didn't know I was doing that. And this is the importance of being able to forgiveness for ourselves, for others, and to have that on the ready. so i use that a lot and what happened is that that as you progress through this process of becoming not only do you get become more aware of your own internal processes and your own psychological makeup in doing this work but what happens is the it's like it's depleting the ammunition stores of of the proverbial demon on the shoulder. You know, we we're always this angel and devil. And as such, then I found that the weight of the critic, this is the aspect of the personality, this is always critical of ourselves and others. And I've noticed so significantly that the critic. Does not have nearly the same amount of power that it used to. And I think this is one of the most significant now it's hey, anybody out there, you know, raise your hand if you ever make a mistake and then beat yourself up over it. Does anybody do that? Yeah. And the question would be, is just like when you're beating yourself up, like what are you beating yourself up with? Is it like a hammer, a mace? Is it a flail with broken glass? I know for me, if I go back like 20 years long, you know, before I started all this work, when, when I would make a mistake or something like that, I, I remember it was like, just like knives stabbing myself in the head of like, really not being very forgiving with myself at all. And it was, it's just incredibly, it was painful. And there are certain memories and certain things that if I just even go back to them, you know, you just. It's like cringe and feel that pain, and I felt that all dissipate. In fact, I can reflect now on my whole life. I've actively been seeking out painful memories that I remember being painful to re-remember them now without that judgment upon myself. It is really incredible.
0: Wow! So can you connect? those things a little bit more in terms of how this forgiveness of self relates to the lowering of what you're unaware, you know, where it's okay. Here's the line between what I'm aware of, what I'm not aware of. Now that line is lowering. So that which I used to be unaware of is now what I am aware of. How, what's the link there in your opinion about that and then forgiveness of self?
1: In general, let's say the less aware someone is, then the the more fear they have in their equation, okay, that produces a, a larger shadow. And it's the fear quotient, if you will, that produces such a strong negative response and why there is such a tendency to avoid. And what happens is that people don't like to go into this, to this, that the one, the darkest quadrant, that's the, all the, the, the negative side that's unaware. So. And so that's the scariest place for people to go. And so if you look at the volume of that, if the less aware is that somebody is, that volume in that quadrant is bigger, mm-hmm. and then that represents like the weight of the club of judgment that one hits oneself and others with. Okay. And so as we like, as we lower the waters to become more and more aware, what happens is that volume of that sector shrink as such that it becomes less weighty
0: mm-hmm. okay that makes sense
1: so you still have the self-check processes I still like if I do make a mistake or something I'm like ah you know I still hit but it's like I'm hitting myself with the wiffle ball bat or something it's just it isn't carry the same kind of pain mm-hmm.
0: yeah Okay, thank you. I love that. So one other thing that comes up is, is there a watch out with this practice? in terms of there can be the tendency that we maybe overemphasize the shadow or overemphasize working through trauma or, you know, maybe keep surfacing more things that we need to clear? I don't know. Is there a watch out there where it's like, you can maybe overemphasize this?
1: Yeah. This is the important thing is, okay. We're like human. So we tend to human things, right. In which case, you know, we tend to adopt certain practices and we, and carry them on sometimes far longer than they're necessary. and. You've heard this all before. I'm going to use it probably this in this context, which might be new, which is let joy be your guide. And one thing that kind of important, and this is coming forth in some material that I'm putting together for that'll be forthcoming. Um, but everybody has what's called like a general purpose. And then we have special purpose. Now, Most people are like, hey, what's my purpose here? They're at, they're really wondering what their special purpose is but there's a general purpose for that, for everybody that shares. Okay. And it's simply to, you're here to expand your consciousness, embody that consciousness and enjoy it.
0: Of course you have three E's. That's very Michael. Of
1: course it's very (laughs) Michael. And so the important part is that third step. So if it's not leading to um, a more joyful experience of life, then you're stuck somewhere. And so a lot of people actually get stuck in this whole business of, yeah, I need to clear, clear, clearing. And what happens is that's a, that's a script that they'd actually be running. So every day, that's what they're looking for. So just remember, it's important to stop, so-called stop to smell the roses. Understanding that any of this clearing work you're doing is just, is in order for you to actually be able to look out upon the world that you see and be aware of more of it to make sure you're taking time to do that's where you want to be so sure do five or ten minutes of clearing work in your meditation if you want to and then yeah and then go live your day but your day is not about clearing it's about living
0: yeah i love that i think of it too and of i mean clearing like dissolving the lower, you know, lower vibrations, lower thoughts. It's an important thing for us to do, but then it's like getting that out so that more of the high stuff can come in, even from a meditation perspective, if that's part of your practice, where it's like energetically, even just imagining, even just using the imagination to think, okay, I'm clearing out this heavier stuff and letting that just dissolve or let it go into the earth and and now letting more kind of beam into me that's higher and brighter and doing that filling up so that it's not only are we taking care of that lower stuff but then we're lifting you yeah. know as well
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. refill your cup with the good mm-hmm. stuff yeah yeah for sure yep and that's what i in a sense i've seen witnessed many times with those very focused on that on just on that that clearing of pain and suffering is that's their in their processing system is like all they're doing is focusing on and their intake is basically pain and suffering and so they're just stuck in a loop like they're in a waste processing system mm, yeah you know they're in just constantly intaking waste and of course that's why they have so much to process so mm-hmm. just remember yeah that is that uh what we're really after here is the beauty. And it's so important to take, take that time to look around and see the beauty in the world around us. Mm, yeah. If that's the reflection of the light that is within us.
0: I love it. Thank you. Is there anything else on this topic of shadows that you want to be sure to share today?
1: Yeah, there's a certain point. And for those that are more adept in, in being able to steer your consciousness, then here's something to play with. All right. So at any given moment of time, most of the time as humans, we're operating in some form of displacement from our true center of our soul self. Okay. And that's just the case now how let's say how far away we are in orbit or proximity in a particular orbital trajectory and that's all happens to be different now what happens is that that if you take two objects and you go okay if the center of our soul self is this is the light source and then we're displaced from it it's that displacement that, that the light is then casting upon the, this personality construct is that's what produces a shadow on the other side. So I want everybody to to understand this, that if you actually move those two together and you basically bring the personality self and it actually merges totally into the soul self, then the light is actually shining out everywhere and there is no shadow. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we ultimately are on it's our destiny or we're on track to is to ultimately to reaching that point and you can play around with this in your own meditations and basically playing around with these points of consciousness and notice how when you bring it there should be this point where you click into center and you'll just see that the shadow just disappears
0: and this is what's interesting so mechanically with this I mean, that it, there are so many layers to how that is done because you mentioned meditation, but I even notice this if I'm driving in my car where, so when you talk about point of consciousness, this is simply where are you, where is your awareness at that given point? And it requires present moment awareness. You cannot merge with your source if you are even a tiny bit in the past or a tiny bit in the future. So that's (laughs) one mechanistic way to find yourself there. Absolute presence, absolute, this present moment right now, 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 now. And so sometimes I'll play with this in the car where I'm like, I can just feel that. But there's also this, you know, you talk about point of consciousness and I would just another way to think about this is where is my awareness? And I think it's meditation is especially helpful for being aware of where your awareness is being able to notice like, oh, my awareness is more here, but there's a physical location where your awareness is that you can tune into. And so it's like, if you can get into the spine, That's your center. That's where the present moment is. Like when you're in the present moment, you're in your spine naturally. And when you're in your spine, you merge with the present moment. So that's just my experiential interpretation to get a little bit into the mechanics of how to find your point of consciousness and apply that, you know, because it's a lot of, there are a lot of different parts to it. And it doesn't have to be complicated. So you can just play with like, oh, I'm completely present or let me be completely in the present moment and then just notice. So where is my awareness now? Oh, it's completely in my center.
1: Yep, absolutely. And as this happens, then what you can also do then is notice if there's any distracting thoughts that are coming up at you. Then you might know that's the work that you need to do because that's the the force or the energies that are trying to pull you away from this present moment.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And so, and then in that you can just play the there's a the question there on how do you lower those waters. And one of the things is it's really just to shed fears, and that will do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then even just the willingness to embrace fear will begin to do it. So, what it was? It the, the only thing we have to fear is fear, fear itself. itself, right? But literally, there's nothing to fear, and we remember that that truth that, that important. And fears go away as you're able to name them. So you can just practice name that fear. So if you're feeling, you feel that heightened state of anxiety or whatnot, you're feeling a displacement, you don't feel um, uh, anchored into the body. You don't feel safe and you don't feel secure. What is, what are you afraid of? And Mm -hmm. just name it.
0: I love that. Yeah. And that's a helpful thing too, because often it's, it is hidden. Like we think it's something else, but if we keep healing it, you know, it's, oh, actually that's jealousy, but I don't want to be jealous. So I'm going to project something onto somebody else or.
1: Exactly. uh, And this is how we can just catch. And we don't need to feel bad mm -hmm. for being jealous. It's one of those things. And if we stop trying to pretend That we're some kind of perfect person who's never been mad or angry or any of these things that we know we don't want to be, but we have to acknowledge that we are that also. And just because we get angry, just because we feel ashamed, just because we have certain things doesn't, that ultimately doesn't define us.
0: Mm. Yeah, thank you. We do have some questions that have come in. Okay. So uh, Jane asks, how does the line of awareness lower? Does it happen naturally? Or do you need to intentionally lower the line to peer into what it is we're unaware of?
1: Yeah, that's where I, I saw that question, Jane. That's why I was responding with the whole, the name, that fear mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Or you can take a a shamanic journey into the jungles of Peru. You can do that too.
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay. Kel says, my issue is that it never seems to clear. I've been working through literally a half a century of pain, illness, trauma, and abuse for the past nine months, and I'm struggling to find anything good.
1: Oh, that's a toughie. Yeah, Kel, this time, you know, it, there's certain points where it, you may just require help from the right person in order to do that. And one of the things that's really important, and it goes back to how, what something that Kara had mentioned at the beginning in terms of the receptivity. And one of the things that typically tends to happen with somebody who's been through trauma and particularly severe trauma is they carry that wound around as there's a badge associated with it because its severity and this knowing that people may not be able to relate to it is that we tend to wall it off. And then when it becomes, it gets expressed in certain ways. Oh no, you just don't understand or this kind of thing where we're protective of our pain and it is so important that we're actually able to open up and this in this process of of opening up and we allow others in and I know it can be this is gonna be really tough to do, but it's imperative if we want to heal. And when we let others in, then we're no longer alone and everything can change. And yeah. My heart goes out to you there, Kel, and I hope that you're able to, you have or find somebody that's able to process a lot of that with you.
0: And then, you know, Kel, if you want to talk to Michael about this more in person, you should have my email and I'd be happy to connect you. Anybody here, I'd be happy to connect you with Michael if you want to go deeper into your own work, get some support there. I highly personally have worked with Michael for a number of years. And I mean, just the value I've gotten is off the charts. So highly recommend if you don't already have a resource of somebody who can help you, please reach out. Okay. Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Um, she says center of spine or center is the spine. Okay. This is great. When I was talking about bringing your awareness into your spine, it's really both. And really, I would say specifically, it's the heart center. So if you're very proficient in moving your consciousness, it's, you know, if you want to get really direct, it would be that center of the heart. But for me, if I I just have been noticing that, oh, I bring my awareness into the present and I just naturally feel all my awareness, it's almost like it's out here diffused in my energy field and if i come into the present it goes but it for me it's like into the spine just in a general way so so it's both it you know you can think of it as like really con- concentrated in the heart and the heart if we think of our human being here's some of michael's teachings that i've received over time but if you think of the human vessel and the shocker system the seven major shockers that run in the body You've got the heart center, that's that's the middle ground between the three lower chakras, which are your more earth bound, you know, earth planetary human, and then you get to the heart and then you've got the three above that are etheric, that are more of your non-earth connection there. So that the heart is a very important role, but I would just say, just notice within yourself when you get into the present moment. Is Your awareness just comes back to the center, which is like that column, the central column in the spine. I hope that makes sense. Would you have anything to add to that, Michael?
1: No, I just say I come back to the elevator and then you can choose which floor you want to get off at.
0: Totally. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Awesome. Maria to get to the good stuff in the subconscious, to uncover that and integrate it, I would assume we need to embrace the not so pleasant shadow parts of ourselves at the same time or however they arise and release. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That, that was the point is that once you engage in this, you have to be willing it to to do both and it's just the way it is. And if you just try to just unpack the parts of, of your consciousness or your shadow that have just the good, the hidden talents, Oh, wouldn't that be neat? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to unpack everything except for that. All, all the ugly stuff. Yeah. So it, it, it's a mixed bag. And when you, if you can, you really can, and I'm a testimony to this, is almost fall in love with the process of the uncover. And if you're actually engaged really with the process, then even the surfacing of something negative is still a win. Because when you really want it, oh, do I want that attribute or that behavior? Do I want it? It's still going to be there no matter what. Do I want it just wreaking havoc without my awareness? Or do I want it to be in my awareness so that I can maybe do something about it or temper it or even dissolve it.
0: Exactly. How are we going to progress if we're not willing to even see what it is that's holding us back? And it very much parallels kind of the times that we're in right now, because there is so much change happening and we are all awakening to different things that are happening in the external That makes us see things in a new way and it's hard to see, right? It's hard to see some of the the things that, that we're seeing and experiencing across humanity. But if we're, but these are things that have been hidden for so long. And so it's, it is one of those, like, as they rise to the surface, it's painful but then it's, it is ultimately better because it's, you know, happening under the surface and we don't see it. And, and then there's nothing it can't change if it's not, if it's not surfaced.
1: Very much the same. Yes. I think we have a comment there is, this is the whole learning how to love all of oneself warts and all kind of thing. Yes. And, it has the natural byproduct of when you meet somebody who's just entirely comfortable in their own skin, no matter what they are, they, set, such people are a delight to be around. And that's the whole point of this is that when we are called to be a light unto this world, for that's who we truly are. We are light unto this world. And by By doing this so-called shadow work, oh, we're doing, we're just peeling back those layers that the bushels that cover us, the things that, that block our light from entering this world where it is so sorely needed.
0: And it blocks our opportunities as well, because we have these different, if you want to think of it as like different versions of ourselves happening at any given point. And if we want to expand into the highest version of ourselves, it does require the owning and the, the resolution of these things. So, you know, I've seen in a, and I know Michael knows this, but I've had, you know, a mystical experience where I could see this opportunity I had a block. I had a a block in the 3D world, something I had to overcome. I had to figure it out. It was like a problem I had to solve. And in a mystical state, I saw it. I saw all the players. I saw the solution. And I saw that my big, like the solution required me to ask for help from a specific person. And my big block was pride. (laughs) Like, my I didn't even though I could see how the highest solution for everybody was for that person, too. If I ask this person to help me, it helps them on a soul level. And I still, armed with that spiritual knowledge, was terrified because of my pride, because this is a shadow in this life that's very hard for me. (laughs) And it was so, so hard, but I knew that to get to that highest solution, I had to overcome that. I had to just go, okay, that's my shadow. It's hard, but to reach this solution, that's the best solution for everybody. I have to face that shadow and I have to be courageous and I have to do, I have to do my part. I have to do the part that I came here for everybody. And it required me to see, I didn't want to see that I was prideful. I don't want to see myself that way, (laughs) but you know, I had, it was so clear. It was so clear. And I was like, and then it was just really funny too, afterwards to be like, I can see this so clearly and I still don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: well, that's beautiful, and that's fantastic. And that's exactly the way that this work can be. It can actually be fun in this kind of a way. You're like, Arr! oh, you know, it, and really, it, when we come down to it, it's it just, it's all about this human experience. And, and the more that we can be not so serious about it and realize that we all have to do this work, And, and so we can, we might as well have fun doing it.
0: Yes. Thank you. And Patty says, is not pride an ego issue? Get over it. You're still a beautiful person. Thank you, Patty. Thank you. And yes, it's very much tied to ego. Absolutely. So, but that's the work, right? To keep detaching bit by bit, opportunity by opportunity to loosen that hold. It all goes together. So, yeah. What a beautiful time with all of you today. Thank you. That flew by. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Michael. Again, if anybody does want to be in touch with Michael, please contact me. I'm happy to connect you. Thank you so much and happy Equinox, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to ask you for one quick favor, and that's to share this episode with one person who you think will benefit from it. Let them know you're thinking about them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.